Hey, Taco Tuesday fans, this is Christian Brindle. And I am Glenn Shelton. We came together and it combined our forces to create something special for insurance agents called Taco Tuesday. Let's taco about insurance. My company, Christian Brindle Insurance Services, and my company, Lead Heroes, is here to bring you the latest and greatest news happening in the insurance industry today and eat some tacos while we do it. If you enjoy the content that we put out on this podcast, feel free to leave us a review or subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. Without further ado, let's get into this episode of Taco Tuesday. What is up, everybody? What is up? What is up? What is up? This is Taco Tuesday. And we're waiting, we're waiting, we're waiting for some people to jump in here. And we're waiting for my co-host. Okay, what do we got here? What do we got? What do we got? What do we got? What's up, guys? What up? What up? What up? Okay, let's see if this works. Is it going to work? And it worked! Raise the roof. I'm on bottom. All right, guys. Um, officially... Welcome to Taco Tuesday. Let's taco about insurance. We've got a lot to taco about today. Um, yes, we do. And a little bit of a different kind of look for today, different kind of feel today. Um, and we got a lot more close-up than probably a lot of you guys are comfortable with, but um, we got... <laughs> we, have, we have the beautiful Glenn. We have the beautiful um, here with us today. And I'm just gonna, is this gonna let me do this? Is it gonna let me? I hate that it's split screen upside down. What's no, up? It's not gonna let me. Okay, I guess I just have to hold it like this the whole time, but that's okay. We're gonna, we're gonna make this work. There we go. So. Good sir. Good sir, it is be with you. Okay, before, before we start, can you guess where I got tacos from based on the salsa? Cafe Rio. Oh, fail. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, there's no Cafe Rio by me. Otherwise, I would go to Cafe Rio. Because that's what we got today. It's that's Chipotle. what we got today. I bet. Ooh, see, I did Chipotle today. Chipotle. That, 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 that makes a lot of sense. That does look like a very Chipotle-ish sauce. Ooh. I'm starving too. It's probably gonna be you monologuing today and just me eating tacos because I have been had a crazy day as well. So I wanted a quick explanation why the format looks like this today. I thought it would be probably appropriate. I'm wondering if this is gonna look on the YouTube video too. Like I don't know. We're trying something new. Be like today, tall you guys. like this, and then like the sides are black or something, or like are we gonna be both like this or? I, am I, is it showing on your screen that I'm underneath yeah. you? 
You're like you're like my giant sky daddy. You're like above <laughs> you're like above me. <laughs> um, well, I'm excited for today's episode. Um, I am we, too. We were kind of talking earlier today on the phone, and we kind of were bouncing some ideas around on what we're going to talk about today. And um, to, to be honest, I think I think both of us have been really bad at scheduling out these these topics. Like we were doing really good for a while on like putting polls up and like promoting. I think that's kind of gotten bad. <laughs> so I need to pick that back up. Um, I like the polls. I think we need to get back to asking our viewers. Oh, wow. These tacos look so good, you guys. Oh, I did hard shell, but the shells are soggy. No. We need to look at my tacos falling <laughs> apart, you guys. You see the back end? There's a tail on this taco. That's not normal, <laughs> you guys. Oh no! That taco's got like lunch lady arms. I don't, I don't know what this is anymore. <laughs> what, what is this, guys? Um, so, so topic today. Thought we could just gonna jump right into it because I feel like it's something that can probably take up a lot of time. You know, like we could probably really get deep into this. Um, but topic today. Before I do that, by the way. So my my new my new my our 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 new social media genius Aria in our office he wanted a new chair so we got a video game chair for him that I'm sitting in as we speak. I almost said I was like, is that a gaming chair? And I'm so jealous I don't have. He a asked chair. about it and he was like, can I get a gaming chair? I'm like, I don't care. That's fine. Huh. And so we have a gaming chair for him now. But so so Taco to I'm jealous. Guys, um, we, we're going to have a conversation about IMOs, FMOs, um, and kind of relationships between them and kind of what you should expect from your IMO and FMO, what's reasonable. And I, it's something that seems to get talked about a lot in a lot of these groups and a lot of threads. Um, someone's, you know, I, I had somebody literally call me last week. You know, I was driving home in the evening and it turned into like an hour long conversation. My wife's like, Are you going to get off the phone? <laughs> I was like, I know that. I know that phone but, call. But no, like, you know, I had someone call me last week and they were like, you know, how do I know if what I'm getting from my, my IMO or my upline is fair? You know, how do I know if it's actually a legitimate arrangement and I'm not group? We're just having this conversation. People always want to know if what they're if they if they're getting all they can, I feel like. Um in our business and but we also we're going to kind of you know make this more of a broad topic to talk about just relationships in the industry, how to really build good relationships. If you should, um, is it okay to maybe have relationships with people that are with competing organizations? So like this is such a broad topic, and I'm just really excited to kind of jump into it. Um, but I wanted to start off by really kind of handing the mic over to you, Glenn, because like your story really kind of starts off to me with this IMO FMO thing because just, just handed the mic to me. <laughs> you see that? That was a prop. This isn't being used guys. That was a prop. <laughs> Hand it to me. <laughs> but but no like you know your story is is one of which where you started working in an office and like you I know I know you told me before you didn't feel like you yeah. were necessarily given all the transparent information that you maybe should have. Um so, right. so talk about that a little bit. Like, what do you feel like is reasonable for an agent to expect from their FMO, IMO? Like, let's start there. 
Well, and, and honestly, you guys, I'm jealous. I'm jealous of all the information that's available to you today. It's, it's a whole different world. Um, to, there was like, there was like nothing. I remember literally looking online. This is, you know, 10 years ago, more than 10 insurance years ago. Insurance forums. I remember. Yeah. I mean, insurance forums was like, yeah, that was yeah. it. And I feel like that was ultimately what kind of drove me towards final expenses. Because if you, you know, especially back then, I, I don't spend a lot of time on the forums now. Shout out to Sam, owner of the forums. But uh, back then, um, the final expense form was like the biggest form on the insurance forms website. And so, you know, when I'm looking at getting into life insurance, because I'm thinking that's where there's a lot of money to be made. And then I'm reading about final expense and it's simple to write, simple underwriting. I'm like, this is great. And now there's so much information. It's almost, there's almost too much information. It's true. Um, true. Like with all right? the content, like yeah. I was going through our, you know, I was going to do six figure Medicare agents, YouTube channel over the weekend. We have over 200 videos. I'm like, if, if you, if I was tasked to watch all of those in the next three months, I couldn't do it. I don't think I could do it. Yeah. I mean, we have, I mean, the amount of content I have on our website alone, right? I mean, you go to leadheroes.com, we have almost like a hundred different pages. A lot of it's geared towards, you know, how do you do this? How do you sell Medicare? How do I sell Medicare over the phone? Uplines, like all of it. A, we try to go really A to Z for you guys. But um, to get back to Christian's original point, you know, when I was first getting into the industry, I, I just kind of jumped in. Right. I, I, I knew I wanted to get out of the retail sales space. I wanted to get into um, selling insurance because for you know a myriad of reasons, I wanted to control my own schedule. The idea of you know owning that client sounded awesome. The potential for renewal sounded awesome. Like there was so much in the insurance space that I really liked. And I looked at becoming a financial advisor briefly, and I just really liked the insurance space more. So ultimately um, ended up at this agency. And like Christian said, I don't feel like they were very transparent with how everything worked. So, you know, that's, I think that's one of the biggest changes that I see today is I feel like the amount of information that's available, it's almost forced a certain amount of transparency on these uplines where they have to offer releases because if they don't, there's a hundred more uplines right over here who will, re will offer a release um, as long as, you know, you don't owe money, you know, whether that's roll up debt or maybe you promised to pay for leads and you didn't, um, as long as you don't owe money, they'll release you. And, and it, I feel like 10 years ago, that was almost unheard of. I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy. Like literally this is how old I feel in the space is I feel like, I feel like releases 10 years ago were kind of like sketchy to come. It was like almost like a coin toss, whether you'd really get a release. Right. My upline at the time, I don't really feel like my upline gave releases at the time, if I'm being perfectly honest. What is that? Am I, am I totally off on that? Or does that sound about no, right? I think, I think it was right. I think like in the Medicare space specifically, um, and I have a video that's coming out tomorrow with Tony, um, the wonderful Tony Merwin. Um, Tony, Tony, Tony. But one thing that we talk about in that video, and I think it applies here is like, probably six, seven years ago, certainly when I came into business, like with some companies, 
United Healthcare specifically, if you wanted to move from one upline to another, like nowadays you have to wait six months to be to get released, but you could you can still sell business. But at that point in time, like you had to go six months without selling United. Which and that's so that so they change that now. Now you can sell while you're in transition. Right. So it's not as big of you don't have to wait. A, and, yeah, I mean, yeah. and, then, and a lot of companies are like that. So like, it's not as big of an issue as it used to be. Like, it's not as painful. You can still write business. You can still, it's just the only thing is your new upline's not getting credit for six months or anything like that. But like, I feel like, and that's so dumb when you think about it. Like if I'm an insurance company, why would I want to stop you from writing my product? Yeah, I think you're, yeah. Whoever, whoever stepped in and was like, Listen. Hey, we should let them keep selling. That person knows what's yeah. up. Shout out to whoever was at, at the executive level at the carrier. Yeah. Thank you, like good that, sir. That, there is no dumber <laughs> business decision than that. Let's stop agents from selling yeah. our products. Let's do that. I don't want them. I don't want my products out there. Yeah, that's that's a good change. For sure. Um, and I would, I would say it's mostly positive change over the past 10 years, wouldn't you say? I, I definitely think so. I think, I do believe that the transparency has been like a wave, you know, because like, you, there's no hiding things anymore, you know, like in the Medicare space, right? Me and Tony put a video out about, and I know, I know it was more me than Tony that kind of pushed it in this way, but it was almost like, you know, farting in people's faces about being like, you know, <laughs> about like you know hey just need one agent to to get a ga contract in the medicare world in your downline and i know for a fact that hurt tons of uplines it ruined relationships of people that i had with people because they were so mad at me that i posted that video and yeah. and i know for a fact that some of their downline were calling them when that video came out and being like you freaking lied to me you know um and it might not even be that they lied it's just maybe they're under Offline IMO, and that's what they were told, you know. Well, and there's there's a lot of lying by omission, right? Which is kind of that gray area where maybe they didn't say something that was a lie, but they just omitted a lot of information that would have been helpful to know. And and to be fair, I, I want to be really fair because I think it's so common, especially now. Um, and we talked about this on Taco Tuesday before. It's so common for people to jump on their upline. Mm. Get in the Facebook group. Get your keyboard ready. <laughs> here, I've got my keyboard right here. Yeah. You know, you're like, keyboard warrior time. <laughs> and, and you're just like, okay. Ugh. You're like, Christian Brindle's the worst upline I've ever seen. <laughs> I would never contract with him. My levels were so low. He was scamming me. And it's Christian like. Christian Brindle literally took at 10% okay. final expense commission. <laughs> oh, and I sold, sold like um, four thousand in premium, and I only got ten thousand out of it. He took ninety thousand and bought himself a boat. And um, for any agent who does this, I just want to let you know that I've been around so long that when I see a post like that, my first thought is that it's the agent because you're you're. You've resorted to trying to publicly slander someone, even if it's true. You're you're trying to publicly slander someone to make yourself look better or to try to get help. And there's always two sides to every story. Right. And so I want to take a second and also say, like, even though the upline at the time when I got into the business, they definitely 
omitted information. Um, I will say that I think I got a fair shake in exchange for, you know, all the learning and experience that I got. Um, and I kind of naturally discovered my way out. It was kind of one of those things where like, I was coming into my third year, it was right around my third year of selling insurance where I was like, okay, um, I can get in front of people without the help of my upline. So the value, which this is exactly what we want to talk about today. It's all about this value exchange. You know, a lot of people say your upline works for you. And I really do believe right. that. I think you're the person who is, you know, the intermitter, the, the person in between you and the carrier, right? Your upline. And again, for new agents, I like to really try to lay this out for people who are brand new to the industry, because I know how hard it is to understand a lot of this stuff. So when we say upline or when we say IMO or, you know, an agency owner, you've got the agent selling insurance, then you have, you know, the agency or the IMO, and then you have the insurance carrier. So there's an upline, right? <laughs> insurance carrier, <laughs> agency owner. <laughs> and so, you know, you have United Healthcare, Christian Brindle, Glenn Shelton, right? So um, just again, an example for brand new agents. I just want to really lay that out clear. Right. So there's there has to be a value exchange because your upline should be helping you write business because it benefits them. It's a symbiotic relationship. Um, and it can be lopsided, right? Sometimes you might find an upline that's doing a lot for you. And you don't really have to do much in return. That's a great upline. Stay with that upline. You know, they're, they're helping you with marketing, high comp, um, you know, offering training, you know, keeping you in the loop as far as any, you know, changes that happen in the industry, like all the things an upline should be doing. Um, but then sometimes it goes the other way. Your upline is not even taking phone calls from you. They have horrible comp. Um, you know, what, what are you doing in that, in that case? Why, why don't you have an upline that even talks to you? So, right. I, uh, I, I, I think yeah. there's a, it's such an interesting question because I think it's going to really depend on who you're talking to, right? Like, because an established agency owner that might be five years in is not going to necessarily need the same things as a brand new street level agent. One, one thing I see newly licensed agents do that probably is a mistake they'll run out to huge you know imo fmos you know, fifty thousand agents contracted with them eighty thousand agents or whatever even ten thousand agents and they'll contract direct with nobody in but be between them and then like they're the person that oversees them is essentially a marketer for this fmo or imo that some of these marketers have never sold insurance before let's be real, right? Like they, they are contracting specialists, their support, like they're going to help get co-op money orders, you know, negotiated. Like they, 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 and, and this isn't the case for all marketers. Like, um, I think if you, hey, if you want to publicly call no, out your marketer right no. now, I'm totally, go, marketer, go for it. I'm totally my, fine. My, with the that. marketers that I work with are not in this case, my <laughs> like experience of the yin yang, but like, could you could you define mark again for like a new agent who might be listening or watching this define what a marketer in this sense is because i think 
the generic term of marketer doesn't necessarily fit into the marketer that you're talking about. Right, definitely. Um, the, the way that I would define a marketer in this perspective, in this context, it would be a right. person that works for an FMO or an IMO, right? A top of higher organization, a large recruiting organization. And their job is to be essentially like a account manager for agents. And a lot of the really big ones, like they'll have a certain person or like a, a team of people, if there's enough, you know, agents involved that oversee like one state or multiple states or a certain region of the country. Um, and they also recruit, you know, their job is to recruit agents and agencies into the FMO IMO, you know, and, and so that's kind of what their job is, is they're, they're representative, they're, they're there to, to service and take care of the agents that they oversee, but also recruit new agents and, and bring new agents into the fold. Um, and sometimes agents will contract directly with one of these large organizations. And that's basically their point of contact. Cause like, you're not going to be in contact with the person that runs the FMO IMO unless you're a real big, you right. know, like, um, yep. I mean, that's certainly not as a new, newly licensed agent. So your only point of contact issue is this person that essentially would be your marketer. Um, and that right. is not probably always going to either have the time or if they do have the time, they might not have the expertise because they might just, you know, their experience might come down to really recruiting and contracting. They don't, they've done, they've not, they don't have a lot of experience with actually going out there and building a book, you know, and selling. And that, but that is what the person is relying on. And they're like, oh, my upline sucks. Well, like, no, your upline might be great for, for like, your, your upline right. might be great for like me. Like, I don't need someone to teach me how to sell a Medicare supplement. I'm good. You know, like that. Right. <laughs> um, but what I what I need from from somebody in that position, someone in my position, is I'm going to need somebody to help me negotiate higher contracts, to help me get contracts done for agents that partner with us, to help us negotiate AEP co-op money. Like that's that's the needs that I'm going to have at this point in my career. Um, I don't necessarily need somebody to explain an SEP election period to me. You know, uh, and yep. so that that comes down so, to that and that I feel like that, that's sometimes unfair to the FMO IMO because like the expectations aren't there I want to go back there's there's two things so one thing you said was you're talking about how like you know if if you have an agency you're uh, an upline a good upline for you might look very different than if you're an independent agent you know if you have a call center your up a great upline for you might look very different than if you're just an independent agent and um, it's not a one size fits all. And, and to go back to kind of, again, my personal journey in the insurance industry, you guys, as I'm getting out of the agency I was with and I'm becoming an independent agent and I, I'm shopping around, right? Again, this is something I recommend every agent do because it's not a one size fits all. There's not one upline out there who I think is great forever. I don't believe it. And there's some great uplines who I love, who I do a lot of business with, who I know Christian would recommend even beyond himself. Obviously he's amazing, but there's also other great uplines, but there's also not like, it's not a, it's not a one size fits right. all. And so, you know, I, at the time, I want to say I talked to maybe three or four. And I remember thinking like, this was crazy because I went from this world of insurance where it was like, this is my upline. They're taking care. They're doing everything. This is it. Like, this is, this is my world. And then I was like, Oh my gosh, here's like five other uplines I could right. pick from. And 
And, uh, you know, I called, I called them, I talked to, you know, either the owner or the marketer that, that I would be dealing with. And, you know, well, what do, what can I expect to get from you or working with you and your company? And, you know, fast forward to today, you guys, because this experience was such a big deal and because this is so important to me, I took the time to curate a list of more than 200 different, I think it's close to 300 now, IMO, FMO uplines in the senior insurance space, life and health. There's no PNC uplines on there to my knowledge. I don't think any of them- Too many uplines. Are, there's too many uplines. Yeah, too, now there's too many, right? <laughs> so the, the point of that whole story is shop around, talk to your upline and figure out if it's a good fit for what you're trying yeah, to do. Exactly. Like, and I, I have conversations with agents all the time where I don't feel like it's a good fit for me. And I don't feel like I'm a good fit for them. You know, like at, at this point yeah. in my career, it's very difficult for me to take a brand newly licensed agent and hold their hand and give them 30 hours of training on a Zoom, right. on Zoom. You know, like it's really right. difficult for me to do at this point in my career. A couple of years ago, I had, I could do it. Um, I have a hard time today, you know? So like now where we're at, I feel like we're looking for more established agencies. And so, but like on the, so I feel like if you're a brand newly licensed agent, a good place for you to contract with is gonna be with someone that might be an MGA, right? Or, or something like that, or an SGA. Like we're, we're typically SGA with most contracts, SGA, FMO levels. But um, it's going to be, something where like our organization has gotten really like our organization has grown exponentially you know the last couple of years you know like we doubled in revenue during covid we know i don't think we'll double in revenue this year but we might come close you know like it's one of those things where um i feel like if a brand new agent brand newly licensed agent contracted with me and they needed me to hold their hand throughout it like i have i have certain new agents that I already work with that I have obligations to. And those are the ones I have, you know, time commitments to, and I've committed to help them. But if I took on another new one, like tomorrow, I might not have the time for them. And they might think that I'm a terrible upline, you know, for something like that. Um, they better right. under somebody that's with our, in our organization that might, you know, be a GA, right. Or an MGA or something like that to where that per they might be able to work with somebody that has a little bit more time, they can access our trainings, our university, you know, get access to the other good things we bring to the table, but they might be benefit more by working with someone that can hold the hand a little bit more, you know, so. Right. I think, I think being transparent as an agent, it goes both ways, right? Because there's agents that will lie as well. <laughs> you know, hey, I did yeah. 10 million in premium last year. Where's my FMO contract? It's like, well, you show did, us the production. You did 500. Right? Yeah. You uh, survey says four apps last year. You wrote one FE plan for five hundred in premium. Um, you made me laugh. I forgot. Okay, so um, yeah, the point I was trying to make is you need to be transparent with the upline on what your needs are as yes. an agent, because um, if you act like you're all that you claim to be this mega producer and you go for, you know, you're trying to get really big contracts, but you're acting like you really don't need help. And then, 
you know, it kind of comes full circle and then you're calling the upline every single day and they're like, whoa, 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 wait a second, wait a second, I'm you know, you like told us. Override, I yeah. should, because I'm getting you such a high right. contract, but you call every day. Yeah, you know, like, that's not, that's yep. just, that's, it, 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 it is so much an issue in our industry. Like, another thing too is like, huge. somebody will come and they'll be like, I'm a huge med sup producer or final expense producer. And then when it comes time to show production proof to get the level you're looking for, you can't show production proof, you know? And then it's like yep. the, 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 the cream always rises to the top. You know, the truth always comes out. Like you I don't know why people inflate their numbers and lie about things, especially when your contract yep. is like, they're going to know, they're going to find out, you know, right. like yeah. if you contract with them. Yeah. And most, most people require proof. So, you know, don't lie about your numbers. Um, you know, I, again, I, I think, and here's, here's another thing I wanted to mention too. I just, I just remember as you were talking there, um, people get so hung up on 1% on a med sub contract or 5% on a final expense contract. And this saying early on that I kept hearing people say is, you know, what's 120% of zero, <laughs> you know, it's zero. So you spend so much time and I, guys, I'm guilty of this myself. I remember fighting so hard for like five points on an FE contract and being like, wow, so-and-so said they'd give me a 125 on Transamerica. And why are you only giving me a 120? And, and it's like, if the upline's a good fit, and if you feel like you're going to get all of your needs met, don't worry about that 5%. Don't worry about that 1% or 2% on the med subcontract. Focus on growing your sales volume. The compensation will come with it. And if you do a lot of volume, your upline will either take care of you, including raising your compensation, or you can go somewhere else right. <laughs> and take that, that volume of sales and find bigger contracts. But getting to that point where you spend three months going back and forth with five different uplines and you're trying to negotiate 1%, 5% more, it's like, it's, dumb. it's such a waste of time. It's dumb. Yeah. Like it prevents you from getting out there and writing business. Like you're spending so much time contracting, you know, shopping around, having hour long phone calls and negotiating this and that, like, and for what? You know, like for what? Like, of course, you want to get everything you're entitled to, absolutely. But like, my take has always been like, bring value first, and then once you've proven that you're valuable, then you have something to stand on. Then you have feet. Yep. Then you have you know ground underneath you. And so, I I feel like that's a great point. You know, that doesn't get brought up enough. Like, if you are contracting with an upline, and then like you've gone done literally no business with them and you have all these demands and everything like that. Like, why don't you come in and for the first six months, light it up, you know, because that upline's going to be like, Oh, Dude, yeah. seriously. You know? Cause like, I, I know for yeah. me as someone that contracts a lot of agents and, and don't get me wrong. There's agents that there's people that contract a lot more agents than I do. It's probably cause I'm picky. I probably turn more agents away than we take on, which we need to hire somebody in to just to deal with every agent that wants to contract with us. Cause I just, sometimes I just don't want to deal with people. Um, yeah. So, 
but because like I just can tell sometimes that I'm like, oh, this is messy, right. you know, like I don't know about this, but but like. But, but, or or it's sometimes I feel like they're great people and I just don't feel like we're a good fit. You know, like there is that too. Like it's not, I always think that they're messy. So, but anyway, I feel messy like my tacos today, guys. I'm eating with a fork today. That's how messy these tacos got. You can put, it, you should put them in a blender, make them a smoothie and just drink them. <laughs> oh, Taco smoothie. Next time. Next but, time. But no, like I, I feel like as somebody though that recruits a lot of agents, like if somebody comes in contracts with you and immediately start putting up numbers, that your the upline's gonna notice because they a bulk of people that bring that come in the door and contract with them aren't doing that, you know, like they're writing a little yep. bit here, a little bit there. Like uh, most of the agents that they're working with are not putting up great numbers. So like if you come in right off the bat and you're just you're like off to the races. They're, I mean, any upline with a brain is going to wrap their arms around you and try to accommodate you and, you know, just try to be transparent with you about what your needs are. Um, that's how I am, you know, like the yeah. agents that are work, that work with us, we try to accommodate all of them to the best of our abilities, but the ones that are good producers, like I, I try to make sure I'm doing everything I can for them, you know, and I'm giving them everything that we can do. Um, cause I want to make sure that we're providing our value, but like if an agent comes in right off the bat and they're like, I've never been at street level, my whole career, I've been in insurance business for 30 years and uh, I want this huge contract. I'm like, okay, can you send me production proof? They're like, well, why do you need that? I'm like, I've been in the business 30 years and you can't show production proof. You know? <laughs> like, like, well, what do you need that for? I'm like, to see that you. I just told you. I just my word is my proof. What are you saying? <laughs> You're calling me a liar. <laughs> <laughs> if the boot fits. But yeah, like um so that that's that's a great point I feel and like I feel like people are you know always looking to see what they can get but like a great approach guys is like bring value yourself and give first before and then you might just get later on or you might at least have more leverage yeah i mean that's a really great point like if i could go back and talk to myself before getting in the industry i would say don't worry about your compensation level just focus on learning and selling as much as you can for probably a minimum of 12 months before even considering talking to your upline about, you know, hey, why is my comp level for this carrier this much? Or shopping your contract with other with other uplines. I, I really and, and maybe you need even more time than that. But um, again, it, it's that it's exactly what Christian just said, bring value, you're expecting that IMO or that upline that agency owner to bring value to you. So you should be thinking the same thing like, okay, I found someone they're going to bring value to me. I want to bring value to them. And again, that's that symbiotic relationship where it's a perfect, perfect marriage. You know, you're helping them generate policies, you know, under their hierarchy. They're helping you generate policies, which, you know, that's your commission, right? You can own that client. It's, it's, a, it's perfect. I mean, there's a reason that the insurance industry is still structured this way after 100 years, you know, 100 plus mm -hmm. years. 
Yeah. Is it an M MLM? Is it an MLM? It's 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 a hundred percent an MLM. <laughs> like, <laughs> is Christian Brindle Insurance Services an MLM? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The Illuminati. It's Illuminati. But another another aspect that I know we were going to kind of talk about and. I feel like I could yeah. keep. I feel like we could keep going with this, like the whole episode. But I know we were also going to talk about um, yeah. relationships with other people in the industry, which I I feel like is a great topic. I think like these could each be their own shows because they're such great topics. I know um, they are. But talk about that a little bit, because I know for me, when I first started in the business, I was taught by my my dad. My dad was super old school. Like he was like fifty nine or sixty when I started. He's like 67 today. And, you know, he would preach to us that like agents are the enemy. You know, other agents are the enemy. Like, like don't help them if, you know, like I used to, okay, I told the story um, the other day. You see another agent in the street, yeah. you shoot him. You don't even think like, like he would, he would like teach us to like trash on the other agent when you're in the office. <laughs> your your dad is a legend. I would, do it. I would go in and I'd be like, "Oh, this agent didn't check this. They're an amateur." I wouldn't say that, but like that. And I would go into like Chuckaramas or something. Or there you go. Yeah, you're sorry. back. So I don't know what happened, but um, no. But I, what I was saying is like when you know I would go. I used to go into like uh, uh, Starbucks or something, you know, and I'd see like a bulletin board, and I'd see another agent's cards on the bulletin board or like a brochure or something. I would take them down and like rip them up, you know, and like this savage stuff. Like that's how I used to conduct myself. I just had this real scarcity mindset, um, but I don't anymore. And it's like, it's, it's freeing a little bit. You know, I just don't look at things like that anymore. Um, but talk about that a little bit, like what, what, what benefit it can do to, to, to really have relationships with people around the industry. I was worried for a second that we weren't live anymore. But I think we are. we're definitely still live. Yeah. Um, and I want to say, I feel like it's a natural progression to go through that, that scarcity mindset, because I definitely felt that way uh, when I first got started. I definitely felt like any agent, like it was like literally, not only was it like other agents, it was like other agents inside my agency. <laughs> Like, that's how scarce my mindset was. It was literally like, hey, how's it going, Joe? And then, like, as soon as Joe stepped out, you're like, mm, nope, get out of my territory, Joe. Don't you touch a prospect in my – yeah, exactly. So um, I totally get that. I, I do want to say – because I, I harp on, on scarcity mindset a lot now. Um, and, again, as a marketer, as a lead vendor – there's a ton of other lead vendors out there. I am just one lead vendor in a huge sea of insurance lead vendors. And I'm happy to, to recommend other lead vendors. I, I understand that, you know, this is a multi-billion dollar industry. And I think there's plenty of money to be made for all of us. I, I don't think I have to go out and trash a bunch of other lead vendors to get where I want to go. And it's the same thing is true as an agent. There is so many 
policies to be written, you guys, you don't have, you don't have to do that. <laughs> you don't have to talk trash. I just think it looks bad too. Like if from a prospect's point of view, you know, if, if I, I don't know, like I, I just can't imagine buying insurance from someone and being like, Oh man, yeah, I really hated that. I'm so glad he said he hated that guy. <laughs> like, you know, like I, Oh, I'm so glad he said he hates State Farm. I hate State Farm too. You know, <laughs> it's just who cares? Like, just take care of right. them, you know, and take the hot, take the high ground. Here's the other thing I want to mention too: is it's a small world. The insurance space is a very small world. It seems like it gets smaller. I literally just talked to Christian. To, so Christian and I we were talking earlier today, and we're talking about an agent that was at one agency and then the agent was at another agency and i happen to know both agencies and that's how small this world is that right. we live in is is that if you're a licensed agent there's only so many of us out there you're probably going to cross paths and if they stick around for a while in the industry you're probably going to cross paths with them again and here's something i learned at lead heroes is I could be talking to some Joe Schmo independent agent and then two years from now, that guy who I thought, oh man, I don't even know if he's gonna be in the industry much longer. All of a sudden he calls me back up and he's like, hey Glenn, we talked two years ago. I have a call center with 50 <laughs> agents now and I need lead. And I'm like, whoa, hey man, how's it going? That have, That's a real thing. And so that's why like, I really try to treat independent agents, solo agents. I try to treat them honestly with the same type of respect that I would treat a giant IMO or FMO because the reality is that independent agent, I mean, look at Cody Askins. Cody Askins was just some Joe Schmo independent agent five years ago, guys. I knew Cody. Um, I knew Cody when he was getting started. I'm sure most of you've heard of 8%, 8% nations coming up. Um, I should be getting paid, Cody, for that for that plug, by the way. Send the affiliate check. Um, but it's huge, right? Cody's huge. Everyone knows Cody. Cody does a ton of business, marketing, insurance, you name it. Um, and, you know, it's only taken him a few years to get to this giant place. And so, you know, when it comes to maintaining these relationships in the industry, you have to be careful, you guys. You don't know if Christian Brindle is going to be taking down integrity in five years because his it's so big, you know, he, he just swallows up, you know, yeah. such a big part of the industry. I'm liking where this is going. They're, They're coming, coming for you. <laughs> <laughs> you know what this, okay, did you see the movie The Founder? Of course, I've seen it like 10 times. It's yeah. so good. And honestly, I was just thinking about how much that movie is applicable to our industry, right? Yeah, yeah. Think about it. You're, a, you're essentially a franchise owner, right? Yeah. You could easily outgrow your upline and swallow your yeah. upline essentially, yes. right? Just like, just like that, just like he did. Yeah. He literally grew out the franchise on his end so big that he swallowed yeah. the whole company yeah. up. You could do the same thing. You could buy, you could literally buy agent pipeline. Yeah. I mean, well, it, <laughs> I, could, 
Well, in, so integrity, <laughs> I never heard of integrity five years ago. Integrity, right. integrity literally bought Agent Pipeline two years ago. Like, right. Integrity right. bought Premier. I think they bought Premier. Pretty sure they bought Premier. Um, integrity bought American Senior Benefits. Amer integrity bought FFL. You know, Integrity's bought all kinds of of, of organizations, um, and I I never heard of Integrity five years ago. Like I'm pretty sure they did not exist when I started in the business. I'm pretty sure, like they were not a thing. Um, I could be wrong about that, but like if they were, I'd never heard of, I'd never heard the name. Um, so I mean that tells you like over a short five year period of time, roughly like what's possible in this industry with this business model is absolutely insane. Yeah, I, honestly, I mean, I, I, um, another great example is, uh, Heartland, yeah. right? Heartland was, yeah, it wasn't that it was a an independent agent, right? You have an independent agent who is selling Medicare who then started his own agency who then became his own IMO it, it, and it became a carrier, right? Didn't he, am I, isn't that the lit didn't it literally go from an independent agent to an agency to an IMO to a carrier? I mean, wasn't that the progression? I, I think they are still an FMO IMO, but I think they have their own carrier that's linked to it in, in, um, Heartland National, I'm pretty sure. Right, that's what I'm saying. Like, it, they literally, it was literally, and my, this is my understanding, I could totally be wrong. I'm gonna <laughs> preface that for anybody who's ready to attack me, but my understanding is that there was literally an independent agent that wrote, that became an agency, and then they wrote so much business that they essentially either partnered with bought became i don't really understand how that transaction happened but my understanding is that they essentially became the carrier i mean talk about ascension i mean that's like straight that's straight, straight up. up to the sky that's insane yeah, for sure like the the thing that i have learned because i've gotten in so many tiffs over the years with people in the industry and i still do sometimes i'm not perfect so i'm not trying to preach to you guys like there have been people within the last five months in the industry that I've just burned them to the ground and not, I don't really regret any of those recent ones. Cause I'm still, I'm still mad about it. But like, <laughs> but here's the thing with the industry. It's a small industry. Like Glenn said that it could not, then truer words have never been spoken. Truer words have never been spoken than that. And you never know who you might be doing business with down the road. You know, you never know who you might need to do business with down the road. Someone you know that you just despise that maybe this other IMO could then leave and take a job at your current IMO and all of a sudden that you deal with them all the time. You know? Um, yeah, I, I really can't stress that enough. You really have, and this is some, I didn't understand that at all as a new agent. I also wanna, while I've got um, the microphone here, the metaphorical microphone, I looked it up to prove that I'm right. Heartland National, the life insurance, thank you, I'm gonna take that. <laughs> Heartland National 
was started in 1994 by Chris McDaniel, who began his insurance career as an agent knocking on doors <laughs> at the age of 18. Whoa. He was a kid. He was a child, you guys. A child who, who founded a life insurance carrier. Like, I don't, can you even, I don't know. That's such a crazy story. We gotta story. get that interview. We gotta get that interview. Not only an interview, I would love to see like a full doc. I would love to see an entire documentary. Watch. Let's shoot the doc. Let's, let's, but, Taco Tuesday what, presents. What, what would a small budget be for something like that? Like, <laughs> we're going to crowdfund, we're going to crowdfund a documentary. Don't, don't, you, don't you think we could do it for like 10 to 12, 15 grand, something like that? Yeah, I mean, if we got some people who were willing to buy in on sweat equity, yeah. I mean, guys, this is, I would love to know every I, detail of this. It's got to be, I mean, that's not a long time. That's less, what is that, 25 yeah. years? That he started after my dad. Not, to me, that's crazy. That's crazy. That is nuts. Uh, yeah, I, I want to I see that document become a thing. We'll go 50-50 on it, you know, write a check, and we'll, we'll make it happen. It looks like so. Two thousand six, he they they bought an insurance carrier and they renamed it Heartland in two thousand six. You guys, so that's twelve years. Twelve years. I should be close to buying a care. I didn't realize <laughs> this. Apparently, I'm supposed to be buying an insurance carrier in the next Get couple. To work. That's like think, of, think about that think about that timeline. Eighteen years old, knocking on doors, knows nothing. Twelve years later, thirty years old. This is like oddly close to my story, except I'm not buying an insurance carrier. Thirty years old, he buys an insurance carrier, dude. That's insane. Yeah, I think I think it's so crazy to me. Like I feel like it's really 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 hard to not pop off on somebody in the industry i understand you guys if anyone understands it's me you know like i don't know if there's anyone i mean maybe justin has popped off on more people than me you know like maybe yes. maybe um yeah. luckily me and him see eye to eye on tons of things and we get along you know so like never been any issues you know mainly for me i don't think i'd come out really well in that confrontation but uh, let let me so let me ask you a question then though so we talked about not burning bridges right like don't burn bridges right what's the correct way to network with a competitor essentially what's the right so way to do i i would look Tell at it like it, it, it becomes like a friendship, you know, like I look at, okay, Joanna, let's use Joanna for an example, Joanna Wyckoff. Joanna yep. Wyckoff runs a competing Facebook group, you know, he, okay, right. every single day, her and Joe are trying to get people to pay attention to their group instead of mine. And I'm trying to do this, yeah. the, the vice versa, you know. Um, yeah. We're also recruiting from a lot of the same pool of agents. Um, we are probably as close to direct competition as you can get, right? Like we, 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 both of us fall into the integrity marketing umbrella, but like, you know, we really don't have any affiliation, you know, other than just we have a relationship and we like each other. Um, I talked to Joanna on the phone yesterday right. for like an hour 
And, you know, I love Joanna. I think Joanna is amazing. You know, I think she's a great person for the industry. For me, it's just, you know, I'm willing to help her unconditionally, no strings attached, if she ever had a question for me. And I know she's willing to do the same thing for me. You know, like if I know something that she might not, or she wanted me to, you know, reference something with me, be like, have you ever heard of this with this carrier? And, you know, I can be like, oh, yeah, I've heard of that, or no, I haven't. Same thing with her. I can be like, what's this? What are we doing with this social security situation? You know, um, it's about us both helping each other be better at what we do and be friends and just not be in, have an issue with it. Like there's, there's been a couple of agents of ours that have wanted to go over to them. And she's called me up completely respectfully and been like, hey, I just wanted to give you a heads up. This is going down. And, you know, I just I got a lot of respect for you. And I just wanted to talk this to you about going, it. Like, this is going, this is going <laughs> down. <laughs> you make it sound like it's a gang fighter. <laughs> this is going down right now, dude. <laughs> oh, going, my gosh. I'll meet you in the alley. Oh, my gosh. Block. Can you try to make an, uh, we're trying to make insurance sexy, dude. You're making us, I, I feel like a loser all of a sudden. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, you know, oh, it, yeah. it, to me, it, like, like that, that kind of thing, you know, like if you're competing recruiters and one of your, your, you know, relationships downline wants to move to you, like you should call them and, and have a conversation out of respect. Yeah. You know, I've had to do it with other yep. people in the industry too, that have wanted to move to us. Um, and, you know, it's just about showing respect, praising that person publicly, you know, like now it comes down to a weird place because one of the people, one person that I got in a fight with recently, I feel like some of the information they put out legitimately is harmful to agents. I really do believe that. I 100% believe it. So the best thing for me to do in that situation is to keep my mouth shut. And that's you know you know and like that's what i should do um and that's what i encourage you guys to do like if there's someone you just despise <laughs> and you can't get along with them and you don't want to build a friendship with them then just avoid them you know like you like that yeah. probably going to be the better course of action than starting some big online fight like i do you know like you guys love it you guys are a bunch of drama queens but like but it's not good in the long run, you know, like it's a waste of my time. It gets me all stirred up, you know, and keyboard warriors, baby. Yeah. And it's just not, it's just not a good look. You know, there's definitely people that, that look at that and they just, they're turned off by it. You know, I know that for a fact. And so I feel like you should try to have an, an active working relationship with people that are competitors of yours. And if you just absolutely like the the thought of them makes you nauseous, makes you sick to their stomach, your stomach, then just avoid them and don't say anything about them. Yes. <laughs> now there was a key word I was looking for that I didn't hear from you and it starts with a C. Can you guess what it is? I, the first word that comes to mind, I don't think I should say. <laughs> oh, no, not that one. Not that one. <laughs> 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 uh, um, starts with a C. Col collab oh, collaboration. Collaboration. Yeah, of course. Oh of my course. god. Okay. Yeah. So uh, I, need, I need a new co-host. <laughs> I need a new co-host. Tony, where are you at? <laughs> Tony, where are you at? Tony, replace me. <laughs> no. Um. No. Uh, collaboration. 
has been a huge part of how we've built six figure Medicare agent. You know, like hundred uh, percent. I mean, what we're doing right now, collaboration. You know what I mean? Like I like us yeah. doing the show week in and week out, like we, we, we both own two different companies, but we do business together because yep. we're friends, we have a relationship, but we also, you know, end up helping each other. We we do marketing with you guys, we buy leads from you guys, but also us doing the show together, it helps grow your brand as well as our brand. You know? And so Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's almost so like, true. you know, you stand together and you're gonna stand taller than standing on your own. You know, you stand on someone else's shoulders and have someone else being able to lift you up um, by doing appearances with them and doing videos together and kind of putting your minds together to put together great conversations like something like this. Um, and, you know, it comes from interviews and videos. Like, all of those things are amazing. Like, I'm never afraid to interview somebody that's not a direct competitor of mine. Um, because I want to, I want my 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 standpoint is I want to snatch some of their 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 attention. I want to get I want to I want to steal some of that buzz away, you know, and have it rub off on me. <laughs> Somebody that's popular. Yeah. Well, there's always like even if you think you're the best at what you're doing, there's always someone who's doing something a little differently that you can you can gain insight. Right. From. So, you know, one, one example of this too, that I see what will happen is like, sometimes an, an upline doesn't have top contracts with every carrier, but an agency underneath that upline actually has a higher contract. And so the upline will have like one of their contracts actually under the agency. Right. And that's like the sort of collaboration I'm talking about. Like there's always stuff, even if you don't like that person, even if they're a competitor, I think there's always a benefit to having a relationship with them. Um, if it is someone who's extremely toxic and there is that one person that comes to mind that we both share, I think in, in that Safe. space, um, <laughs> yeah, if there's one person that's extremely toxic where you're like, there's no way I want to collaborate. I don't want anything to do. Don't spend time like, talking to a bunch of people or publicly trying to dismantle them or insult them or, you know, just talk bad about them. It's just a waste of time. I'm a huge believer in like, you know, negative energy is just going to breed more negative right. energy. Like I'm a huge believer in that. And so, you know, why waste all that time? Like, Oh, I hate this person. They're the worst. Don't, no one should talk to them. Like just, just ignore, you know, move on, stay focused on your business, you know, and move ahead. But that's one thing that I think is really cool about the space that the industry is in today is I, I see so much more collaboration. And, and I think these Facebook groups are a great example of that I see a bunch of different Facebook groups that kind of build each other up um, and doing interviews, you know, and, and just all, all the different ways that, that you can collaborate with, with other people. And I, and I loved what you said about, you know, if you're, if you've got an agent that's going to someone else and obviously that's, that's a loss of income for you, right? If you have an agent that's writing business and they go to a different sometimes. agency. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes it's, sometimes you're actually probably gaining money by getting rid of that agent. Right. But, um, you know, if it's a loss of income, that might be tough. I know there's a lot of people that are very sensitive about their money and that can be really hard, but, <laughs> Um, 
I think in the long run, the people who are like, hey, you know, just want to let you know this agent decided they want to contract with you and I'm going to release them. The long run, you're going to be so much better off just having that open conversation and making friends with people, even if you're not like super into them. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think, I think that's just crazy good advice. I really do. Yeah, for sure. And I'm so, I'm so distracted because I'm trying, I want to find out how we can reach out to Chris McDaniel. Like if you see me, if anyone sees me looking this way, I'm looking at my Google search and I'm like, where are I you? I think Marcus? part of it, like normally, normally we could put a post up in the group and there's somebody that could connect us to anybody or almost anybody. Like that's how I was able to do the Craig Ritter interview. And that's how I originally did the Sylvia interview and all that stuff. Um, and, but with, with thems particularly, I think they burned a lot of people. <laughs> so it's a harder one to find. Heartland? We'll talk about, talk about it. Heartland? Camera. But, okay. But, uh, <laughs> to be continued. To be continued. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't know too many people that, um, you know. <laughs> anyway. Okay, let me, let me ask you a different question, okay? How much, different question, different question. How much, it, so let's say you found a small regional carrier. How much do you think, and I know it's kind of off topic, but I guess it's still relationships. I wonder how much a small regional insurance carrier would cost. Because that's, a, it sounds like that's what happened. It sounds like they bought a small regional carrier and they rebranded it. Yeah. So now I'm curious. You know, I guess it just depends how many policies they have. It's probably just kind of a standard. I guess a carrier is almost just like a big agency in a lot of ways, except you're insuring that business. I don't know. This is just kind of blowing my mind, the idea of buying an insurance carrier. It's a great question. Maybe, you know, like. Maybe that should be like its whole own episode is buying an insurance buy, carrier. How to buy a carrier. <laughs> how to, how to, yeah. dude, that would be a great YouTube that video. That would be. How to buy. How do I buy an insurance? If, if don't do an episode about that. I'll make a YouTube video about that and make it like as clickbaity as possible. <laughs> like, do you have five hundred dollars? Do you want the, to buy an the, insurance? The carrier? thumbnail will be me reaching for a carrier like this, like reaching for some big logo or something. <laughs> human, yeah, it's just the Humana logo. You're just like, and then the, and then. My press down. <laughs> yes, I love but, it. Yeah, I mean, oh, that's a great question. A small carrier. I mean, let's think about like the big carriers, right? To put, put in perspective, like United has three hundred billion dollar market cap, right? There's several companies that are in the ballpark of like a hundred billion in the Medicare space. Um, I would. I mean, you got to imagine like the minimum would be like 50 to 100 million for like a startup. Yeah, I'm sure you, yeah. Like that, that's- I'm sure you're goes. right. Like, cause you look at some of these publicly traded companies, the market caps, like even like a Molina's worth like five, 10 billion, something like that, you know, like, um, and I think- that, Well, you probably have to be super liquid to handle claims, right? Right, yeah, I mean, you have, yeah your your cash flow your revenue has to be just at a different level you know like 
it's it, it's such a crazy thing to think about but they're also like especially medicare advantage carriers like they're making such a huge profit margin you know like i i was told by someone recently that like in some parts of the country for dsnips there's some areas in the country where carriers are getting like 30 40 grand a year per member on in, in government reimbursement and agents aren't getting paid <laughs> half of the, why aren't we getting half yeah. of that what is going on we're everybody? getting 22 23 dollars a month <laughs> <laughs> oh man that's another something slap. terribly wrong oh. here <laughs> they're like they they take their huge stack of money and they're like here you go <laughs> they're like Here's a dollar off the top. Thank you, Christian. <laughs> hey, thanks for door knocking for 50 hours this week. Here you go. <laughs> it's exactly like I'm, I'm imagining like the Monopoly man wearing like a Humana suit. He's just like, doo -doo -doo. <laughs> Oh my gosh. It's and, and think, like on That's a regular hilarious. MAPD, they're like take the D snips out of it, they're probably getting a minimum of like a thousand dollars a month per member. <laughs> it's insane. And we can do twenty three dollars a month. <laughs> I think we can do twenty five this year, you guys. Everyone's getting a raise. I think everybody's getting I think we can figure this out. I think we can figure this out. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Uh, but but yeah, guys, I mean, you know, back back to the you know, whole thing about like yes. I can tell you another thing as well. Um for me, building relationships and, and being able to to be friendly and, and share things with people that are part of competing organizations and has probably done more for my business than any one thing I can actually point to. Because I've been able to learn so many things that I could not learn from my inner circle or maybe people I'm connected to. Um, and I, I'd say it's like the, the amount that I've learned in the last two years trumps what I learned in the first five or six years by a large margin. Um, and it's all because right. I'm now connected with so many people. You know, in the industry, I'm connected to people like you. I'm connected to people like Joanna. I'm connected to all different kinds of people in the industry um, that I'm able to learn a great deal from, you know, and maybe I'm able to teach some other people some certain things that maybe they don't know. And like I'm able, it's, it's all about being mutually beneficial, you know, a mutually beneficial relationship. I'm always using that terminology with, with people in our office, you know, and with our staff. I'm like, listen, this client has to be a mutually beneficial relationship for us. This agent has to be a mutually beneficial relationship for us. We're not just, we're, we, we will turn certain people away. Um, and so I never want anyone to want to turn my relationships away, you know, on me because I'm not bringing enough value to the relationship. And so, like, I feel like, but what you can learn just by being connected to some of these people is ridiculous because everybody knows something that you don't know right like about like 100%. there are secrets in the industry that like 
a couple people that sit around some giant round table and they're like, <laughs> they know it. And like, none of us know it. <clears throat> and you can get connected to some of these really insane monster people in this industry and learn these things. And like, you might've had to take like a $10,000 like course to learn it. Otherwise, you know, it's just those relationships are invaluable right. what you can learn from other people. Yeah. Um, I do want to kind of, I, I want to be conscious of oh. your time. Uh, I know we're coming up on that hour mark. So, um, you know, kind of my final thoughts on this episode, you guys, and I really do think there's so much more we could probably even talk about. Um, but you know, there's that old adage that your network is your net worth. And it might sound cliche, but I'm a huge believer of networking. I really am. Um, I'm bummed I'm not going to be at 8% next week. This, but if this, you are at 8%, it's this week? Wow, time flies. It's really this I'm week. I'm leaving for tomorrow. That's crazy. That is crazy. So if you're going to 8%, take that with, you know, take that mindset when you're going is that my network is my net worth. And if I can have these people in my contact list where I can just pick up my phone and dial them, that's extremely valuable. Right. And, you know, stay open-minded, stay open-minded with those relationships. Because like we talked about in this episode, you don't know if someone is a new agent today, buying an insurance carrier tomorrow, you don't know Any, anything is possible as we've learned in this episode. So um, yeah, I really enjoyed today's topic. Though, yeah, for sure. What, final yes, thoughts? Um, final thoughts, guys, I would say is like, learn from the mistakes you've seen me make publicly in front of all of you. When I completely go at somebody like and just try to curb stomp them like learn from my mistakes i am here but when I'm when christian when christian posts that 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 post just say christian please take this down a dm <laughs> just plead with me to take it down like because it's i don't know like here's the thing i feel like they i feel like i've been trying to do less of it and i feel like the engagement in the group has gone down is that all you guys are here for like Maybe I need to make up fights with people. Like I'll script them out ahead of time. But, um, but anyway, like anyway, I mean, I would just say learn from from me, guys. Like when I started the group last year, I was very new to being in front of a bunch of people's eyes a lot. You know, like I always had a lot of clients, but like I was never, I was always very much behind the scenes. And then when I started actually trying to put myself out there more and brand myself, the last year or two years um it was new to me and like certain situations i certainly didn't handle well you know like i remember actually glenn you told me like in the first couple months of my group like i posted something and i was like i was like i heard some of you talking shit about me and like something like that i don't even remember i remember you were like i think you dm'd me and you're like you gotta get used to people like not liking you like it's crazy like <laughs> like you just let it fall off you know, like who cares? Um, and yep. you just keep moving and you do you and you be a joy to be around and things are good things are going to happen to you. Like look at Eric Fierro. Everybody loves Eric Fierro. There's been people that have taken shots at Eric Fierro, Satan in particular. Um, and 
Eric doesn't say a word. Eric just does his thing. And everybody loves Eric. You know, Eric's a great. That's a great, that's a really great example. Yeah, duck, just water off a duck's back, right? right? And turn the other cheek. So there's that. And then when it comes to your, your IMO, FMO, if you guys take anything from this episode, I hope you guys take away, you know, bring value before you ask for the world. That's a great, great point. Final thought for, for you, Mr. Shelton. Yeah, I mean, I, I think bringing value before you expect value in return. I, I really like that a lot. I think, um, you know, I'm going to kind of shamelessly plug, I'll drop a link in the comment section, you guys, to our IMO FMO directory, which you can find on our website. Um, <clears throat> Christian's on there. That's really the only one you need to check. But if you want to talk to more, there's over 250 other options of uplines. Talk to a bunch of them, figure out, you know, be transparent with them. You can't expect transparency in return if you're not being transparent with your upline. Be transparent with what you need, where you're at, what your production's like, you know, shop around, find a good home, and then put your head down and go to work. You know, I used to work at um, Verizon Wireless many, many, many years ago. And there was, uh, it wasn't the CEO, I think it was like a regional president. I really like this guy. And he, he had this public talk he did inside the company. And he was talking about putting your head down and going to work. Like everyone's always so distracted. Like what's Justin doing? What's Kristen doing? Is that Galen? Joanna. It's like, just put your head down, like go to work. Like talking to Christian for eight hours a day is fun. I can tell you firsthand, I spent a lot of time talking to Christian, but it doesn't pay the bills, you guys. Like we've, you've got to stay focused. You've got to stay focused and you've got to just put your head down and go to work. And then after you do that, after you've sold insurance for 12 months, 18 months, two years, whatever it is, then you can kind of get into more of these conversations where it's like, well, why is my commission here? You know, why am I not getting more marketing money? Um, why aren't you helping me recruit agents? Whatever it is you think your IMO or upline should be doing for you. So, um, but yeah, don't burn bridges unless you really have to, then light it on <laughs> fire and blow the whole thing up. Yeah. But yeah. I love it. That's my final I thought. I love it. I think that, I think that, that was, that, those points were all um, incredibly insightful and hit it right on the head. Um, guys, thanks for watching. This was a little different, um, different format, different look, um, and just kind of a unique little topic. And I, I really enjoyed talking about it. I hope you guys enjoy watching the replay, um, wherever you might be listening to this on. And, um, we'll be back with you next Tuesday, every Tuesday with tacos and, and, uh, much more insurance topics. So thanks so much for watching guys. That's right.